hey everyone welcome 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 to fan controlled fandom live alex we might have to change your little image down on the on the lower I, left there i know look at me down there he's oh, i guess i'm the other way look at me down there i'm uh i'm i'm all long-haired that's that's long-haired that is that is the proper english that i'm glad thank you for using the king's english to say you're long-haired cheerio i also i yeah you know what i'm gonna submit i'm gonna submit a different picture i think because i i've got a headshot that doesn't look like i'm uh actively having a hard poop <laughs> nope this is what we're using <laughs> okay no i get it i get it it's good this is what we're using welcome to fan control fandom hi <laughs> who are we what is this hello i'm we? alex enriquez i'm kenny stevenson are and we this live is, this are we is live <laughs> I think we are, and the, and and this is a this is a show that's all about news, reviews, and tips you can use about the Cape Space, science Ooh. fiction, fantasy, any of your genre content. Uh, if it's on a screen and somebody's uh, wearing a cape, you can pretty much bet we got our finger on the pulse of it, or we're going to tell you why you shouldn't watch it because it was made by fascists. Kenny. Wow, there we go. Yeah, these guys <laughs> about to go capes. I love it, Freddie Aramel. Yeah, this is the cape space, baby. This is where if you ha are watching something or reading something in which somebody is wearing a cape, we're going to talk about it. You wear a cape in space for some reason. You wear a cape while flying through the air. Again, also not very aerodynamic. You, uh, you wear a cape when you're uh, fighting a dragon. Also probably not very... Uh, uh aerodynamic as well capes are very non-functional in this space yet everybody seems to be wearing them the, the one of the things you that you you tend to hit is when people are riding dragons they wear capes and i think if you think about the game of thrones universe those are some pretty scaly thorny looking dudes and i how many times you bet a targaryen just goes to like slide off and then their cape catches on a horn or like a piece of chitin and they're just kind of like Hey, they're like, give me that, cut me down, cut me down. Yeah, that's the stuff they don't cut out. Like, you know, Matt Smith hanging from his dragon's teeth by his cape, just being like, oh gosh, remind me again why I have to wear this. Right. Um, Freddie Airmail actually says these guys about to go cape sh word, which I love. That is, that's a great you, pun. That that is, and that is Kenny's second favorite cuss word. What's my first? Don't say it. <laughs> it's your first favorite one is crap. It is my first favorite one. You know, my first favorite thing to do on this show is, though. Oh, I know it. Yep. Well, just to give you a tease, what our main topic is episode two of Loki, hence the name of the show, Loki Loki Chat, <laughs> which I'm here for it, baby. That was yeah, that was something I came up with last week, and it was just it just stuck. Um, but the first thing we do before we talk about Loki is we talk about the quick pieces of nerd news. It's called Quick Hits, and we get to play the stinger live, and it's just, gosh, this, this is never going to get old. By like, by like year 45 of this, when we're in our you know late 80s, still streaming this show via Twitch, which will be a small chip that's implanted into your brain, we're still going to be laughing during this portion of it. You, I, wow, the whole thing just went scrambly, but I, I agree with everything you hey. just said. Yeah, I froze on my end too. You know, the internet. But anyway, here we go. The quick hits. Here comes the stinger. Quick, quick, quick hits. Mm. That bass live is just something else. Banging. 
That yeah. is a banging bass. Um, so you know the uh, the big news out of the uh, in in the Cape Space this week is that we're not going to be seeing any more actors in Cape Space content anytime soon because the AMPTP just walked away or we basically booted them out. Whatever. Uh, Alex and I are both members of SAG-AFTRA. Uh, we are still striking. So as much as they thought things were going to be coming back, uh, surprise, they're not. <laughs> so we don't know when, anytime soon, this stuff is going to be coming back. I am more on the pessimistic side, and I'm thinking probably more like next year. But, you know, who's who knows? SAG sending a clear message. Write all you want, nerds. Who's going to do it? Puppets? <laughs> <laughs> Right, all you want, nerds. Something we, we we amazingly have a lot of like news this week, and out of like the big outlets. Like normally, I have to dive into the nerd stuff to find, uh, you know, news. But this is from Variety. One one thing that we are getting for sure, apparently, whether we want it or not, is Aquaman two. And there was a big article this week, and this is coming out in like two months. This is you know we're in October now. This is coming out in December. Uh, Aquaman 2, there was uh, an article in Variety and it just says, Aquaman 2 flooded with drama. Jason Momoa allegedly drunk on set. Amber Heard scenes cut. Elon Musk's letter to, to the WB and more. It's a very lengthy article, but I'll just try to hit some of the highlights. And uh, let's see, on the same, first, this one is the one where I just was like, Wow. On the same day in mid-September that Warner Brothers dropped the trailer for its $215 million. Let me say that again. $215 million Aquaman nice. in the Lost Kingdom. Embarrassing documents from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial resurfaced. Um, so this happens. Depp's fans paid the court fees for the release of the documents from Heard's therapist. The raw notes. Cool, thing. On a, cool guys. I know. Very cool. You know, that's a that's a way to violate uh, patient, uh, client, uh, patient, yeah, whatever, doctor-patient confidentiality. The raw notes scribbled on a legal pad were part of last year's high-profile trial. They describe a hostile Aquaman set. This is the first one. Where an allegedly intoxicated Jason Momoa dressed like Johnny Depp and pushed to have her booted from the role of her aquatic superhero, Mira. What in the world? You read this article more. I mean, those are like that. I read that and I just was like, what's happening? Can you hit some more of the highlights from this bad boy? I mean, uh, Jason Momoa showing up to set allegedly dressed as Johnny Depp, which uh, late, yeah, late, I was laid out bare like that. I was kind of like, look back at the uh, look, look back at the archives. I think, I think the Johnny Depp boat hit Jason Momoa a long time ago. I was going to say there isn't, there isn't like that was, that was my takeaway too, was I was like, how do you Jason Momoa, who was also wearing 17 scarves to set, how do right. you dress up like Johnny Depp, who is, has to have at minimum 17 scarves on at all times. How does that wait, work? Wait, wait, maybe it's more specific. Maybe he like showed up to set one day dressed as Jack Sparrow and like the next day dressed as like the Mad Hatter. He's <laughs> just really leaning into her. Again, like Jack Sparrow and Mad Hatter are <laughs> not, not too that... far off from Jason Momoa's yeah. daily wardrobe because if you've seen the Aquaman movies, he's just wearing his clothes. He's not wearing, <laughs> there's no, like beyond the Aquaman suit, he is just dressed as Jason Momoa. 
By the way, I, I just I feel like at this point, Aquaman is exactly like uh, a, a a seafood meal. You're like, uh, okay, it's going to be something different, but it could it it very well the things that are intrinsic to it could be the very things that make it disgusting. You know what I'm saying? I've definitely I definitely know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> we've we've all ordered fish, and we're now going. It's going to be something, or it's going to be gross. I love this. Okay. Ultimately, the studio never pulled the trigger on firing Heard, which is what Am which is what Momoa wanted because her former boyfriend, I didn't even know this was a thing. Her former boyfriend, Elon Musk. So Amber Heard has dated Johnny Depp and Elon Musk. Well, well, get get ready to load more ammunition in your hate cannon for Elon Musk. If you didn't know they dated, then you don't know that he I, I just short of like uh posted revenge porn of her because he alleged on twitter that he was able to get her to cosplay as a certain video game character and then posted a picture he took of it and uh <sighs> and just like, put it on x it's like you know i i don't yeah slime balls apparently he was able to keep her on the movie because he sent a scorched earth letter to Warner Brothers threatening to burn the house down if the actress wasn't, he... wasn't brought back for a sequel. What? Like, what's he going to do? Like, oh, I'm going to signal all your Teslas to explode. Like, what does he have to do with anything? I Who the hell knows? This drama is being rehashed at a time when DC Entertainment toppers James Gunn and Peter Safran are poised to close the book on the previous superheroes regime slate with with the release of this movie they they could not they could not push this movie out faster as far as like they, i i wouldn't be shocked if this thing just like showed up in theaters tomorrow i'm actually checking it's on max right now it's there it's <laughs> like you have to look through you have to go into the dc comics hub but it's there it's there ruthless cutie says apparently jason's people said that he wasn't dressing like anyone that's just what he looks like yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. Like to yeah. say that to say that Jason Momoa in his normal everyday clothes and then say that oh he's dressing up like Johnny Depp is like Wednesday, you know? That's like <laughs> like oh he's wearing a tank top with a vest, 14 scarves, 17 bracelets on each <laughs> any on each arm, several puka shell necklaces. I mean, you his his his, his fists are more turquoise ring than they are human flesh. <laughs> uh and uh, hey since since it was on the aquaman 2 set how about this uh more more like johnny deep am i right whoa well done i love that thank I love you love that but i'm gonna take of... off yeah i feel like i feel like that's good thanks off. for thanks for watching everybody appreciate it um <laughs> other news <laughs> other news in tragic like sets of superhero movies daredevil i just a tv show actually daredevil was set to make you know he made his big uh, official uh, MCU appearance, Charlie Cox as Daredevil in uh, She-Hulk, uh, uh, a show that you and I really enjoyed. Um, and even his appearances in the show were fun. He was set to get his own uh, show uh, that was set to premiere that was shooting. I believe they had, no, they had just written it, right? They hadn't got, they hadn't started shooting it. That's what this article says. They I had just started. They were shooting. Okay, they might have. Well, they definitely aren't shooting now, and they yeah. definitely stopped in. I know they hadn't had it all written because they had to stop writing part of it, but they had some of it written. This is like an 18 episode season. They were bringing back um, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. 
but it was revealed in uh, the Hollywood Reporter this week that they're basically hitting a full reset on the show. Like they had to pause production in mid June because of the writer's strike. Fewer than half of the series, 18 episodes had been shot, but it was enough for Marvel executives, including Kevin Feige to review the footage and come away with a clear eyed assessment. The show isn't working. So they are, they already let go of the head writers like quietly uh, last month. And they're apparently just going to do a full blown creative reboot of the whole show and for if you've not read this article, we'll just give you the like big headline that is just like, what? <laughs> right. Apparently, he was not going to even ever at any point be in his daredevil costume until episode four of like our four hours into the show. And they were positing it as like a legal drama, a la like a law and order. And he was going to have like a legal thing of the week that he was going to be working on all while also kind of fighting crime. And I just think that's a no, no, that's a nope. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I texted with Kenny about this news and I said, this is a character who arrived on screen on the small screen anyway, with like hallway fights and yeah. big time brutality and the switch. No, 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 no. He's a, uh, he's going to, he's going to be engaged in tort. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. And actually, this is a bigger reset, too. The article said that uh, Marvel Studios is pretty much overhauling completely their television operation and putting because they were making television shows in a pretty unprecedented way. If you don't know anything about how television is made, usually you will create a pilot and that pilot is produced. And uh, you see if the pilot is good. Enough. It used to be if the pilot had good enough, you know, was received well enough, you'd go on and green light the show. And uh, I guess they still do that in some quarters, but at Marvel, they were just approving ideas, having movie executives oversee them and fixing whatever was wrong in post. And now Marvel Studios is going to hire actual showrunners with TV experience, executives with TV experience. They're going to do pilots. They're going to go back to a more traditional television uh, approach, gonna make I guess. TV, like they're, you know, I saw somebody, God, this is, I, I hate that this word is about to come out of my mouth. Uh, I saw someone on a Reddit say <laughs> that, um, you know, a lot of people lament the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever. I didn't watch any of it, actually. But that was a literal television show and it was treated as a television show. And I think, you know, one of the things with a lot of this Marvel television content uh, are the games streamed on Twitch? They will be when there's games. Actually, we have an announcement about uh, about the new app, oh, which I want yeah. to tease. Well, after we finish the quick hits, um, the uh, you know these these aren't these are being shot as like synonymous as like this is all part of Phase Four, Phase Five, which is fine. But a lot of these are trying to tell cinematic stories on TV, and there's there's certain things that you have to like work with the medium you have, which I think is part of the reason why Loki is working, but we'll get to that. Right. Boop. But um, yeah, if you were hoping to get a, uh, I love uh, when you scat, Kenny, you know, I love when you scat. Loki. Um, <laughs> oh, fan fantastic. This, this is the fan best show we've ever done. This is, you know, I feel like, you know, we got one out, we got the first one out of the way and the second one, we're just, we are clocking like we are, you know, like we've been at, the, at it for years. We're clocking so, like clockwork, baby. Clocking like clockwork, as my, 
clocking like clockwork as my computer freezes again. My internet is shoddy at best. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let's. I got a couple of things I want to hit, and we. I really again, we're trying to be leaner and meaner on on the Twitch. We don't want to submit people to hour and forty five minute Twitch streams. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I didn't put this in the show notes because they just announced this. Did you see this? They uh, last last year, last October, uh, the MCU Marvel Studios released their first ever special presentation of Werewolf by Night, which you and another thing that you and I both very much enjoyed. I thought the Werewolf by Night was excellent. Um, I was actually going to watch it again just because it's Halloween. You know, it's spooky season, which I have to sidebar. Is this a this is a tough time for you? I know you don't like the scary stuff. Uh, I have a group that I I am I see uh, once a week to try and you know just sort of get through. But yeah, it, it, and thank you for your consideration. You know that's what that's all. I'm, I'm always here for you. I'm always here for you. I know spooky season. You're always you don't want to go near the scary stuff. And I knew Werewolf by Night for you was uh, was hard for you to watch. But I actually had to watch it on a picnic bench in broad daylight in a park. That's how <laughs> I couldn't. Well. They just announced they're going to release a cut uh, October twentieth in color. They've like, oh yeah. It was infamous, infamously, famously. It wasn't infamously because it was. It was. This is a, a a thing that was shot in black and white. It was. It was. It would. It looks like black and white. It's that's one of the real kind of strengths of it is the is the contrast. But they. But what they done to it? They didn't just like take the raw color footage and release that. They've kind of made it look like it's been colorized as if it was like a black and white film that's now been cut like added color to it. So it looks really freaking cool. And uh I'm excited to check this out. I love just take something that was already good and make it gooder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I can't wait to see the man thing because the the behind oh, the scenes yeah! the behind the scenes of that puppet that the color on it is wild and so i can't wait to see what it looks like in in uh in I whatever the treatment they forgot in. i completely forgot that man thing is in werewolf by night <laughs> i know right? I, I was such a that was such a surprise like for those of you who don't know you know man thing it was basically marvel's answer to swamp thing but like super weird and had like a lot of had like a pretty long run um, in a lot of it had its own comic and had, a, had its own run in the 90s when I was like collecting was like my biggest time collecting comics and uh, God, just a weird character. <laughs> just a very, very strange, very weird. And then to have him show up in Werewolf by Night was just I mean, it was great. I'm really excited to see this. I'm trying to get my head situated. Um, I'm really excited to see this <laughs> color version. Yeah. <laughs> I <love laughs> Where do I talk? I like I like a swamp thing and man thing both answering the eternal question what if a booger was mysterious yeah. <laughs> what if the what if the real gross stuff on the top of water that film that forms after a bunch of algae what if that walked what <laughs> if mildew could have sex with you <laughs> that's the that's the real weird stuff that we're talking about cuz both swamp thing and man thing have like get it on and oh yeah famously they get very like, swampy and it's like what okay uh moving on <laughs> i don't want to dwell too much on swamps no no no, no. Hey, dwell. Oh, dwell 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 uh director matt shankman he of course was the showrunner talking about showrunners our marvel shows he was the showrunner on wandavision a show that for like 80 to 90 percent of it was pretty great the finale got into like the typical Marvel, you know, finale Guga with just like flying cartoon people fighting each other. Uh, 
a movie that has not started shooting and I don't believe they've even finished the script, but maybe he had the script, but they have not started. They haven't even announced a cast is fantastic Four. that is one of the big properties that Marvel has gotten from in the Fox merger. And they have not made any sort of casting announcements. The internet has cast this movie several times over, but uh, nothing official, but Matt Shankman in an interview teased the project while speaking with Collider. He says, it's so different in so many ways. I wish I could be specific. <laughs> How is this news then? I wish I could say more, but we are doing things very differently from a story standpoint, from an approach to the filmmaking standpoint that really fits the material. I wish I could say more. I would love to, but I can't. Okay. I don't know why I wrote this down because this uh, is like not news. <laughs> yeah. Guy says stuff. That's, uh, that's this item. <laughs> Guy says stuff about thing that he's working on. Guy says stuff about job. <laughs> yeah, because he can't announce casting and he, he can start writing it again, but he can't say that he can't cast this thing because actors can't work on it. So I oh hey, uh, here's another news item I just saw come across the wire here. Uh there's there's a rumor out that I wanna play Batman. <laughs> it's it's hitting the trades. Alex Enriquez announces push for batman role in james gunn's new batman movie and you want to see that push just look at my picture down below i'm having that, one you, right that there. is that is bruce wayne if i've ever seen it right there there he is there he is i would That's... love i you, put that under the cowl right now would you want to wear the like keaton uh bale where you have the full cowl over your chin or would you want to have the robert pattinson which looks a lot more comfortable where it just goes up to here whoa and then you still get you go freedom more freedom of chin movement. I go full bat fleck clearing the building costume because that's <laughs> that's the one. Come on, the little stub ears. He looks all cut up. Like that's 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 the one. That's that is the one. You're the one. <laughs> yeah, the Adam Batman. West, the Adam West version. Fantastic. Uh, more fitting my physique that one. Anyway, let's quick hit. Let's, we're almost done with the quick hits. Uh, the, a movie that we are fully lament happening, <laughs> but whether or like it or not, it's happening. A sequel to the Joker movie, a movie that we did not like at all, but they're making another one, and it's a musical, and it's also starring co-starring Lady Gaga as um, what's her face. Harley Quinn as Harley Quinn, Le Stephanie Montebello or whatever her name is. She's Stephanie Germanata. And she apparently during <laughs> asked to be called Lee on set leading to a disconnect during filming. I don't know why, <laughs> why she wanted to stop being calling Lee, but here's the story. Uh, strangely, I felt like I never even met her. Is what this is what this is somebody named Cher who worked on the set. I'm trying to get what Cher's job was. Lauren, oh sorry, Lawrence Cher, who was the cinematographer for the sequel. I ne I didn't know Stefani at all. Strangely, I felt like I never even met her, even during the makeup hair test, because again, maybe it was my philosophy of not trying to get in their space. And then I remember for a week being like, God. I feel like we're disconnecting, not even connecting. We are like opposites. And I would say to my crew, Jesus, I can't like crack it. She either hates me or we hate each other. There's something weird going on here. I barely said anything except I would say, Stephanie, this is where your second team was, minor little things. And then the AD at one point said, oh, you know, Steph would like if you just called her Lee on set. And I was like, oh, 100%. I literally said the next thing I said was something like Lee. And it was like everything changed. And from that point on, she was 
Our whole connection changed. I was like, all right, cool. Wow. Asking people to call her Lee, short for Harley, is one of Gaga's ways of remaining in character. We got there. I I have to say, I'm really like, yeah, poof, woof. You know, I really used to like her. I thought she was uh, beyond and above this sort of BS. But like what? What you know is John as John Gielgud said to Dustin Hoffman when Dustin Hoffman was trying to crack himself out to play somebody who'd been tortured for 72 hours in Marathon Man. It's called acting. Yeah, it's called acting. All right. Do you did you see the House of Gucci? I slept through a lot of it. Yeah, terrible. It's just a wildly terrible movie. And when like if you watch her in a star is born and you're like, I get it. Like a literal star is born. She's great in that movie. She's yeah. a good. At, she's like small, subtle house of Gucci. She supposedly spent six months talking in her Italian accent. And she is surrounded by yes. People because her accent is terrible. Like just, it is not, she's a basically a talking like it is in an old movie. And I'm her like, dialect coach was that uh, pizza chef from the Chuck E. Cheese band. Uh, basically <laughs> I, I used to work at Chuck E. Cheese um so oh, that's hear, right I know so to hear that she insisted on staying in character and wanted to be called Lee and didn't want to be referred to as Stephanie is just like just let it go like you're making a dancing musical movie about an incel goofball you know, and you know, Joaquin Phoenix is already a lot. Like, what a set! Like, how is that? Like, I couldn't even imagine, like, being a functioning person on that set. What? What if it, this is just a response to? Is like, well, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is a lunatic, and the director is a walking four chan board. Oh, so I mean, yes, thank I, you. I maybe she's like, if I want to keep my sanity and my boundaries i have to play weirder and less approachable than all of them so that i can just kind of have my bubble and i'm gonna attribute this behavior to that and say good on you lady g i you know we we all look we all have to deal with our work environments and and whatever life jacket you got to reach for you do it keep kicking you go lady g i love that you called her lady g amazing lady 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 G, that's that's what Lady, I. <laughs> Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, Lady <laughs> Lady Gaga, um, Lady Gaga. That way, Lady Gaga. Where do you go out on the quick hits with this Lady Gaga? Love it. Quick hits is all done. Um, we are on the fan controlled sports and entertainment network, and we always do one piece of sports news um, during this. I'm going to take my time first, if you don't mind, Alex, because Please. I I I want to push. The fan-controlled sports and entertainment, they relaunched their app this week. If you already had the FCF app on your phone, go open it. It'll tell you to update it, and it'll update it. And there's all new polls. It's flashy. There's potentially new sports that are going to be in there. And then I also want to announce on Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, uh, 6 a.m. Hawaii time for all of our uh, mahalo over there. Um, Everybody in Hilo. 5 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Big announcement. Big announcement here on the uh, FCF FCSE Twitch page. I don't know what it is, but tune in here 
to find out. Alex, just to give you a little clue, I it could have something to do with me being a starting quarterback on one of the teams. <laughs> don't don't rule it out. Don't that, rule it out. That I would be scared for you. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I got a shotgun of an arm. I ran the 40 in about uh, five uh, minutes. So we, yeah, I, was gonna I think say. I'm going to, I think I, I'm, I think you I'm went good. like, you went 10, you went 10 yards and was like, I need to take a break. I got halfway through the 40 and I'm like, Keep does the, the quarterback run this much? Like, do I, is it like, are you simulating a real thing is what I'm saying. Am I being judged? In a, in I a, was a, under the impression that I just get to stand here and throw. Is there saying I have to actually run around? So what you're positing here is that the line has completely disappeared, as if it didn't exist, and I'm I'm set to position myself on the. Uh, what kind of organization you running here, fellas? That's me at the combine. Anyway, hi. I love that, Alex. Why don't you take us out to the racetrack for your sports news? I I will. Here we go. Uh, you know, I want to just on behalf of the big broadcast fan controlled fandom, I want to wish Max Verstappen congratulations for his third consecutive uh, driver's title. Uh, he's I, 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 interestingly, he's the sixth person to win it on a Saturday rather than the usual uh, Sunday on which most Grand, Grand Prix take place. Um, it remains to be seen who's going to uh, top the rest of the pack um mclaren is ascendant and seems ready to roll all the way to second place but at this point there are some very wily veterans on on the track and i i wouldn't bet against somebody like two-time world champion fernando alonso pulling some late season shenanigans to single-handedly pull his aston martin team up to the top of the midfield kenny back to you <laughs> i love it i mean it you could be giving like the nuclear launch codes and i just would have no idea what you were saying you know every time you, you throw it to me for the sports news i just i mentally i just roll my eyes back in my head and go neo mode i'm just seeing code baby i love it i, I love it. <laughs> the world the world is just the matrix yeah, yeah. oh my god what a world with it we, we are all just batteries for machines um alex you're a machine in terms of your work ethic as you are pounding the pavement trying to get us all the corporate sponsorship all the underwriting for the show who is our sponsor for the show this week again our second live on twitch stream tell it up well tell it it's, up that's not a phrase but go ahead so i'm gonna hey hey i'm gonna tow it up to flow it up you know what i'm saying it's uh this this week's this week's corporate underwriter is uh, master of romanticism and erotica, Rig Doubleday. Oh no! He's uh, he's re-releasing all of his works, and uh, you so transport yourself to worlds beyond your wildest fantasies with titles like Gossamer Desire, Love's Bounteous Sea, Getting All Musky with It, and a classic, Totally Doing It. So that's. The the collection the collected works of Rig Doubleday, who's he's uh, the master of erotica. He's 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 uh, our corporate underwriter this week. Rig Doubleday. Rig Doubleday. Let's go with a W. W R I G. Rig. <laughs> Rig. I gotta tell you, when it comes to my romantic novels, I don't like any subtlety. So that's why totally doing it seems like my kind of totally doing it is a and it's it's they're they're the perfect length for a, a beach read is what he says. <laughs> Yeah, at any given point on the beach, there's at least seven people reading a romance novel. And you can bet that two of those are by Rick Doubleday. Back to you, Kenny. 
<laughs> oh my god what fantastic that's what a, what a wonderful way to segue into episode two yeah um loki season two episode two i'm gonna do the breakdown thanks to the good people at wikipedia.org which all you perverts over there at wikipedia <laughs> thanks for explaining to me how to do a self-breast examination <laughs> it'll never it'll never get better than what the wikipedia and what the internet does to actor stellan skarsgård based on uh, an episode of how did this get made if you don't know on how did this get made they often say people's names wrong and uh, they called uh stellan skarsgård stellar skateboard and more often than not if you go to his wikipedia page his name is changed to stellar skateboard <laughs> I got to listen to that show. I love that. That's oh, great. It's my favorite show. Uh, episode two, Vloki, titled Breaking Brad, written by Dan Delu, directed by Eric Martin. Loki, Mobius, and B-15 find and capture Hunter X-5 in London in 1977 on the Sacred Timeline, living as a movie actor named Brad Wolf. They interrogate Wolf, who admits abandoning Doc's mission and reveals Sylvie's location in Oklahoma. They travel there to find her working for McDonald's. Loki tells Sylvie... I can't believe that that was a full sentence in there. They travel there and find her working for McDonald's. Period. Loki tells Sylvie about meeting her in the TVA's future and asks for her help, but Sylvie wants nothing to do with the TVA. Wolf proclaims that they are all in mortal danger, so Sylvie enchants him, revealing Doc's actual plan to simultaneously bomb and destroy all the branching timelines. Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie stop Doc's ongoing operation, but most of their timeline branches were destroyed by them. Dox is captured and some of her allies escape. Casey is able to track Ravona Renslayer's tempad on one of the remaining branches. Meanwhile, as Obi tries to repair the loom so it can safely accommodate the branching timelines, he finds that he cannot access the loom without the help from the missing Miss Minutes. Say that three times fast. Or, or the horror of He Who Remains. Sylvie returns to McDonald's, blaming the TVA for everything and not wanting to be involved in the situation any further, while it is shown that she has the temp pad of He Who Remains. Alex, what'd you think of the episode? I'm so glad to be back at, in Loki. Uh, I think this and WandaVision were such, showed such promise for the MCU Disney Plus TV streaming offering, which I think kind of went sideways later on. I, I think that what this, what this, show does a really good job of doing is completely separating you from the mcu giving you uh implications that that can sort of get into the main universe but it's it is its own thing that feels just as important as those mainline interwoven mcu titles uh i think they do that through really smart storytelling really good rule keeping and really insanely good design i mean we're going to talk about this later but the the look feel the look and feel not just of what you're seeing on the screen those the the sets the props the costumes all of that but how it's shot mm. it mm -hmm. just looks it looks more high gloss cinematic than any single frame of secret invasion oh my god like it's like comparing like a fine uh champagne to like two buck chuck like comparatively speaking and it's funny like yes i also i'm very also very happy to be back in with this show um i it is very cinematic in its look but it is so contained and 
the real strength of this show is the just these like intimate conversations and it's there it's there there's so much going on it's so visually interesting there are like li all the normal stakes that you have in a marvel property which is like the end of the world or the end of time as we know it but at the same time it can have like a scene which i separately wrote down but like it can have a scene of two people eating pie and it is crackling it is like that's really good stuff i i for this particular episode i loved the first episode that the first episode was almost like no notes if i had a note for this episode it did feel like we had maybe one too many conversations i felt like when we got to uh oklahoma and sylvie at the mcdonald's which is all you know lovely stuff I think maybe it was the conversation out front in the parking lot where I was like, okay, we need to have, because we have a ticking clock, like there was a sense of urgency in like that kind of fourth or fifth conversation that I think was kind of missing because it was just people sitting around talking. I mean, it was still like, I mean, that's kind of like at this point, kind of like a nitpick, but it's it, the show, the show does something that, if, the, if you take look at the other really good Marvel property we got this year, which is Guardians of the Galaxy, is that it's not worried about like they, it can have a ton of stuff going on, but it's not worried about like setting up this or that or mm -hmm. is is that guy in the background Reed Richards or it's it's just telling this particular story and it's leaning into character. Like I think that is what really drives. And if you look at the stuff that's been a little bit, I mean, we've liked most of the stuff, but yeah, even something like Secret Invasion, there was some character stuff, but not as like heavy as this. I mean, there's like a literal conversation talking about our, you know, this whole episode is about whether he's a hero or a villain or not. And it is very like, it's a good point. I mean, this isn't the Loki who saved his, like sacrificed himself in front of Thanos. Like this is the Loki who just... <laughs> prior to Loki season one, tried to destroy all of New York. <laughs> yeah, we're like a couple of months from him uh, opening a dimensional gateway for the Chitauri. Um, I, I think, I think too, uh, there is something I like about the conversations in that it helped me really, it revealed character in a way that propelled plot, that pro that like really propelled narrative. I mean, you, you go from that crackling interrogation scene, to borrow your word, mm. to like, crackling you know which reveals something about morbius you get a different dimension of him you get a different facet of his personality that you haven't seen before this revealed from that that moment it propels you into that slow down conversation which is part of how they come up with the plan that they execute in the next part which is another kind of high tension scene and so i i thought the pacing was really good i do think that you know i was trying to set myself outside of my knowledge of these properties broadly and just listen to your wikipedia breakdown <laughs> and like what in the hell like how do you grab onto any of this i think that part of the trouble they might have is sometimes the stakes they're setting up are we have to put the bling blong in the boot bop and yep. to get people <laughs> yes. to latch onto that you probably have to go oh you know what we need we need one adr line in this scene where he's turned his back to the camera so that we cement the fact that Eliath is a smoke monster or whatever to, that um part of the struggle is is now like how do you make people buy into the guga so the 
the character stuff works because they have to have stakes. Absolutely. And it's like even adding in the people that they've added in, we're kind of jumping all over the 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 what we're gonna be talking about, but it's fine. It's so unlike us, Kenny. I can't I, know. I can't believe we're it. Usually like all just we like almost follow the show notes in order. Ship shape in Bristol fashion, tight as a drum. Um, yeah, I think even the way this show is adding characters like Kihei Kwan, who is just what a wonderful addition. Like, I mean, he he's such a fantastic actor obviously he just won an oscar but i just like this idea of that there is this kind of tinkerer and there we're now getting this person who is like who literally wrote all the rules wrote the manual for the tva so even if like it's still only like as we're expanding out it's still like a finite amount of people you know like We've given Casey a bigger role, my man Eugene Cordero, who I should hit up and see if we can get him on the show. Dude, dude, I'm going get, to get Beefcake Eugene Cordero on this show and I'm be going, like, hey, since know, you're Gene. the TVA, I know Eugene. We can get him to talk about Lower Decks too. Great show, Star Trek. Let's let's get, but let's get him, let's get him in a role where he can sh show off that that Beef those cake. biceps of his. Like, yeah. let's get him, like, like, let's get him a not Wonder Man. I know that's already going, but you know what I'm saying, like. Anyway, put put the bug in take, his ear. Yeah, just take his shirt off. They have him take his shirt off. Um, but even if like we've expanded his character, but we're still like not like going too far out. You know, we're keeping it pretty tight to the vest, so that when you have a scene like the pie eating scene, which I thought was just fantastic, like it's literally just Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston in a room talking about you know basically Loki's existential question right now, which is like, is he a hero or is he a villain? while they're eating pie. So my question to you is, would you eat that pie? Was that pie a little too green for you <laughs> or uh, would you eat it? I not only would I eat it, I'd go back for seconds. Kenny, the kinds of things I've put into my body would shock you. Would absolutely it would make you question our friendship, my values as a human, um <laughs> my 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 very nature as a as a being and not some kind of feral animal. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that looks, that, that pie was signaling to me with its bright color, the perfect balance between tart and sweet. Yeah. I, I, I'm gluten-free, so I wouldn't eat the crust, but good Lord, that whatever they use to make that, I don't know what you call it, a mold or whatever that portion, the custard portion of the pie. Oh my gosh. I want to, I want to dive in a whole bowl of it. And I want to even call out that that room if you, I don't know if you noticed, but it was just pies. There, there, that whole room, all the stuff that was behind them, that was just pies. So I feel like I want to add a pie room. Like I want to have that in my house now at all times. I'd love to just have pie accessible 24-7. It's it now. Here's the thing, Kenny. If that pie room in your abode is full of one pie, what pie is it full of? Well, I didn't think it was just a key lime in there. I think they had pie options. Uh, Ruthless Cutie says it wasn't pie shaped. I don't think we had a full room layout. It looked more circular than pie shaped, but you know, you can um, kind of what? what shape is most pies? What shape is most pies, Kenny? Oh, I was thinking more of a piece of pie, but yes, most pies are circular. So yes, I would say it was pie shaped. Um, what would be my pie in there? It's it's hard. I do I do like a cream pie. I do like um but I mean, you can't really go wrong with Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny. I saw that. Kenny. 
Oh, Penny, keep it apple. together, would you? Jeez. Apple pie. Apple pie with a little scoop of ice cream on top. What about you? Uh, apple pie with a thin slice of Tillamook sharp cheddar on top. Oh, you you go that way, huh? <laughs> Bet your ass I do, bud. <laughs> I would feel like they'd have that at the TVA. I feel like that'd be think, an option. I think, and you know, I'm going to go back and quote Eric Voss, EA Voss from New Rockstars. I think in his breakdown of this episode, there's a poster on the wall that says it's only key lime pie and that you're only supposed to have oh. one a week or something like that. And it's and it's a certain amount of tokens. And you're like, it's introduced. The pie has introduced a whole bunch of lore. Oh, my God. So it is just a key lime pie. Oh, my God. One a week. That would be tough for me. If you're telling me that there's just key lime pie accessible and like a multi-tiered delivery system and I could have it at any given point. Granted, again, again, I'm gluten intolerant. I can just scoop out that key lime custard and just I mean, I one one a week would be difficult for me. It'd be very hard. It's uh, yeah, I think I, I go to it. I'm thinking of the. I'm going to change my answer to the pie room, if I may, if that's okay with everybody. I mean, I'll allow it. (laughs) Thank you. I think that each of those little containers would be full of a hostess fruit pie. I think it would still be apple, no cheese, but a hostess fruit pie, maybe lemon. Uh, Those are some of my favorite grab-and-go snack desserts of all time. Oh, that's a a choice there. Because you know what? I used to love a hostess with the vanilla pie with the pudding inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Well, well, look, Kenny, I'm not here to have conversations. I'm here to make statements. Uh, you know what? Thank you very much for do- making those statements. And I feel like we'll can we'll continue this conversation further on our on our, our other Twitch show, Pie Talk with Kenny and Alex. It's where yeah. we cover a different piece of pie every week. Fan controlled pie dum. Fan controlled. The fans decide what pie we eat. Uh, fan control pies. It's FCP, so much baby. it's so much better watched than this is. We have Hundreds oh, 455,000 people watch us eat a piece of pie, and we literally don't say a word. It is just strictly ASM- ASMR. Yeah. And so I'm assuming most of the people watching are real gugas. Weirdos, I, yeah, but- <laughs> I think I think most of our viewers are are doing their they're knowing themselves biblically to our content. But I, you know, like I'm hey. not here to yuck anybody's yum. If you like it, I love it. Fantastic. Um, I want to talk about it more in this scene. We have uh, the work that uh, Owen Wilson is doing in my God. I mean, it is, it's still kind of like truly insane that we have Owen Wilson in the MCU. And the fact that he's like, you know, you bring in some of these big actors and you have them playing like, you know, you have, we're going to see Harrison Ford as, thunderbolt ross and he's going to be this real stuffy politician guy or we get um you know olivia coleman was great in secret secret invasion but the fact that like owen wilson is just basically playing owen wilson (laughs) and not only is he playing owen wilson but they're basically i don't know if they're letting him go or if they're writing him as owen wilson but it's just wonderful yeah, I got to say that what, I, I'm given to hyperbole on the big broadcast. I'm given to to exuberance. But the knock-knock joke in the interrogation scene that culminates with Brad who, that showbiz babe, is one of my favorite <laughs> moments in the MCU ever. Owen Wilson, this this role feels like it was written for him. And then he they're letting him go. I think there was a moment there with him and who was, who's the guy? B5? X5? X5. There was a Brad, conversation. Brad Wolf. 
the conversation between the two of them and the McDonald's felt completely improvised. Oh, that, yes. guy, that guy playing Brad Wolf is on a different level too. And he got to show it off this episode, like, like really, really solid acting. Um, yeah. And I think, again, I think this plays into what we're kind of talking about and why this show works more than um, some of the like other properties is that it's, it's, even though it has all the stakes, like it, all the trappings of it, all these other shows are there. The world is in danger. Everything is in danger, but it would rather, rather than spend like 10 minutes of Guga and stuff. We, this show could just be about what Kihei Kwan's character is doing, which is like trying to get the threads of time together. We could have spent a ton more time on this, this show. We really only got like five, maybe 10 minutes with him total. But this show would rather have fun moments or interactions or conversations. You're right. That cutaway to the inside the victim. Just even when they walk in, he's like, oh, no, I'm getting, oh, no, I'm going to get an apple pie. Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then you cut to him eating an apple pie. It's just... <laughs> It's just fantastic because, of course, you walk into a McDonald's in the '80s. You're gonna, I'm diving in. This, this, oh, I mean, absolutely. This stuff, like, who the hell knows what is in this food? I could just be eating just like raw dirt that's been, you know, mixed in a lab to and formed into some sort of food substance. It's universally known that this period of McDonald's is the best period of McDonald's. You're talking McDLT. Uh, you're talking probably in some locations, uh, beef fat French fries. I mean, the 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 McNuggets have probably never been better than when they were trying. Oh, to Oh yeah, because when you get them. and you get all three sauces, you get the honey barbecue, the honey mustard, the barbecue, and the sweet and sour. Good lord. Oh, mm. anyway. And then when the Mc, when the, when starving. the McRib came, it was like genuinely a special event. Now it just seems like it's always there. Um, Again, it's like mercury is always retrograde. Anyway. Yeah, right. If you're gluten intolerant, McDonald's is the worst place to eat. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's so lovely to just to have him and just to know that we're kind of like, like, I don't want to say like sometimes we have big name people in these and we don't use them, but we do. Like sometimes there are big name people in these things and they're just kind of there or they're just filling a role or, but this Christian is like. Christian Bale as Gore the God Killer. Great. That's a good example. We like he was good, but you could have let the man go absolutely bonkers. He's Christian Bale. Like, like yeah, it also could have been anybody. Like you could have put any that's true. There no there, the the role wasn't given to anything for anybody to like unleash their specialness. I mean, even what's her name who played the 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 villain in Thor th four, three? Uh Kate Blanchett. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, like she was having fun though. I'll give her that. But like she went for it. Yeah, this specifically is like we have Owen Wilson in this role, and so we are going to we are going to use that. We are not going to make Owen Wilson play like a, a character. We are just going to make the character fit around him. And I feel like that's what this show is kind of doing overall with Tom yeah. Hiddleston too. I, I think that a lot of this comes down to. Uh, and I think it'll survive this regime change at Marvel TV. Uh, Michael Waldron, the creator, I think the dude uh, gets story, gets writing, gets how to do these things. He gets how to maintain complicated narrative uh, by centering it on something. Uh, and I think his, I don't know how involved he is anymore because I think he's been sidelined a little bit, but his like 
the, yeah. ge the genetics that he has put into this show. And I, I'm going to kind of take it a little bit further to, to posit who this Ouroboros is, that he might be our Yoda sort of character. The, you know, Ooh. in the sense that like when we first met Yoda, he was this little like, oh, hey, what a funny little guy. And then like, oh, no, he's the hidden wise old hermit. And I think that's, you know, kind of structurally in the monomyth which Michael Waldron's uh, former boss, Dan Harmon, is a is a de devotee of. There is this meeting with the hermit. There is, and the hermit gives you the weapon that you use to to slay the dragon. And so, uh, I think I think there might slay be the something. Yeah, yeah. I think there might be something here uh, uh, for that. But I think Michael Waldron is is to be credited with how to balance all of the competing aspects of this show. The the Guga the the fact that it so, needs to be good the performances the the rules all that stuff tone everything in perfect balance because it started on such a good footing yeah you you nailed it like the there and there it, this is a show that has a, just an absolute ton of guga like on the page you know kihei kwan is saying stuff that's like i it, it's it would be hard for me i can't imagine he's just like on take one like nails it it's probably going to take a couple of a couple of times through but i think again yeah this speak there's something about this particular show we keep holding on to this idea of the fact that it's so specific and it's so unlike and i think you know we talked about the directorial choices there were so many interesting directorial choices the camera was way up on the ceiling at the start of that um interrogation scene with um mobius loki what's her name c5 c8 E, it's on I can't the remember anybody's alphanumerics. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Hunter X5. No, B15. Sorry, B15. Um, we start up with the ceiling and we're looking down. And then another point, like X5 is laying on the ground and he's behind this grid and we're shot overhead. And like, that's interesting. It's like every shot is interesting. And the sets are just like the damn coolest things I've ever seen. Like even like, like Kihei Kwan's set like, I don't want to diss the volume, but like, there's something to say for the fact that like, that's like a real set and all that stuff is there and it looks, it looks lived in. It looks, um, it looks specific. Like you could build all that in the volume, but there's something to having it be this like actual space that he can walk around. And we see people working at desks and all that stuff. It's just so interesting and it makes it like no matter what is happening story wise, it's you're you're drawn in just because it is so specific and real and ta like tactile. Like it feels like you could reach out and grab stuff there. One hundred percent. I think, and I think that that's you know you can go back to one of the things that worked about the Star Wars sequels versus the prequels is yeah. how much how much more they went to what was real, what was practical and what was there. I think when you're when you're dealing with so much fakery, so much stuff that the general public now doesn't scratch their heads and wonder how they do that. There's no oh it's a computer or something. It is novel to have these very intensely, you know, curated spaces. You know, this this series is launched one week after the finale of Ahsoka, which is heavily volume dependent heavily virtual production dependent <laughs> what's big that time, big time comment from lil nick 23k says this shit sucks <laughs> and he's laughing about it too hey man proud to give you all the stuff you need oh man i love this guy lil nick 23 he's the best 
Yeah, he's always you. coming in saying like the cool thing, and then he laughs a bunch. This guy's this guy gets it. Hottest takes, hottest takes, and then laugh. Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say something. You mentioned the 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 prequels. One of my all time favorite like kind of images from the prequels is uh uh the the Geonosis battle, like the behind the scenes of the end of Attack of the Clones. And it's it's all these people sitting on a giant like blue stage, and it's like I think it's a GIF somewhere you can find it, and it's just a bunch of people just like waving sticks around at like nothing, and it's just and then and it like cuts to Natalie Portman who's just going like this, yep, and it's just and like that's it, like that was literally the shooting of the movie, and that's like wow, like you know uh, the fact that we can kind of get away from that with this show, you know. Is so I think there's something to that. So I feel like wherever we're going, there there's at least we're at least going to be grounded in uh, the world, which I think is something. If like, we keep comparing this to the last show, it's Secret Invasion. I think that was like looking back, like doing like, a debrief of that show. The world itself is uh, was a little bit confusing. <laughs> what is a change, oh, Link? You better get out of here, bro. <laughs> This like, is a really no 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 I I think he's he's gonna he's gonna recover he's gonna save it he's gonna say something. Uh, I don't I don't want him to answer that question that's in there. In fact, let's not even give it any air. So um, let's cut to <laughs> we, so somebody who was referenced several times in this show is he who remains, who we know from seeing Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania is actually Kang, and. They keep kind of like subtly teasing him. Um, uh, Sylvie had that little like coin in her hand that had the little lines on it. I don't know what that that's means. That's the temp pad. That's the temp pad. That's his temp that's pad. That's his temp pad? Oh, that's yeah. okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like, and then we know from the the post-credit scenes in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that because they just literally, this, the post-credit scene is a scene from of this show of Mobius and uh loki back in like the 1800s and i've mr time what's his doctor time what's this it's a timely dr timely yeah he's a victor timely he's a he's a kang variant um so and we kang is obviously going to show up during this show like just period end of story i'm starting to feel like he might show up sooner it might not be like an episode six kind of thing like last season he might be in like the next episode Maybe maybe they uh they find him and he helps them beat Docs because Docs seems like she sucks. <laughs> she certainly does suck. She sucks. Like she's just like, I'm just gonna no, hey, everybody chill. I'm gonna kill like 19 trillion people. Like, all right, go get at it. Queen. Yeah, that was the thing, is like, you know, uh B5 was like, she's killing millions. I was like, she's killing a lot more than millions. She's killing billions of people. Like that's like it's a real quick fix in the ADR booth just to make billion millions, billions, like real quick. Um, yeah, and I love how they think like, why are you doing all of your universe destroying in like a like a warehouse outside of the docks? Like there was an opportunity for Sam's boat to be there. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, come on. Toot toot. The day toot, one boat stand day kings. We, boat stand we kings. know when there's an opportunity that's been missed. Yeah, hold on. Let me right here. You ready? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the yeah. future. 
I mean, we're kind of spoiling our loser, you know, big, big loser of the episode. But I mean, it was so funny to me. Like, I mean, part of me is like, fine. I like how this show is kind of low rent. But like, you know, they cut to this like little warehouse where she's destroying worlds. <laughs> like, we can't, like, we, I mean, it's fine. Whatever. It was fine. Yeah. She did it. We're, it's a special also, magic we, warehouse. We were we were in a McDonald's, too. So it's all good. Um, what and one more thing I want to hit on is like Sylvie's thing. Like. I love it. I love that she's working at an 80s McDonald's. I get that she doesn't want to go to the TVA. I get all that stuff. Is it like, what do we think? Like, why would she, like, I would be interested to see what you think as to why, like, this McDonald's is specifically where she wants to be. Like, what what is it about this life that is so appealing to her? I mean, on its face, unless there's some big twist coming up that's like, oh, no, it turns out that that very moment in time was going to be something big that she knew was going to happen. I mean, I think now that she's spent like her whole life on the run from these people that are trying to like prune her now that that's not happening, she's going to have as normal a life as possible. Get a job. And by the way, a job that in the 80s at McDonald's could probably sustain you pretty good. Oh, my God. Uh, Especially in Oklahoma. (laughs) Sure. Um, a seven bedroom house next to a lake yeah yeah <laughs> um so i think that that's that might be just it like oh i can just have like a normal low key oh, life woo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if i threw my microphone down that would suck that's the show um broxton oklahoma i i'm told i don't know this but i had heard i think somewhere that it is like a location in the comics that it does come up something does happen there when in the comics when asgard comes to earth that's where thor puts it i think later on i think it's laid waste by one of the new warriors i think it might be like the destruction of broxton oklahoma might be the act that initiates the superhero registration push uh causing the civil war in the comics and because it's empty that's where asgard can kind of land but don't quote me on that that's been a long time since i read them comic books hey oh um yeah i think it's like to her it's like her life especially like you know loki says like when they're looking for her in the uk in london he's like she would be somewhere where there's chaos and specifically says that like that's the word and that was remember like she was always hiding at the end of at the end of worlds is where apocalypses that's where she always kind of jumped around to so like what's the like absolute most benign like non-chaotic thing you know middle of nowhere mcdonald's I don't know. You're behind that counter when Broxton High lets out. Uh, you're in the weeds there, friend. And they and, you literally. And, yeah. So that's there's it's high stakes. High stakes. I, I think we are eventually going to leave this McDonald's. But if we could have more scenes happening there, I'm totally OK with it. And I'm going to go make a scene at a McDonald's right after we finish recording this, man. I'm starving. <laughs> I know, same. I mean, just can't eat there if you're gluten intolerant. Alex, is this Star Trek or Star Wars? This is Star Trek. And I think it's like purpose on purpose being Star Trek. Like, I think that the design and everything is like in the same way that old Star Trek used to kind of sort of be hokey on purpose. Like, I think it's it's there and it's cerebral and it's yeah. Yeah. That's oh yeah. This is this is total Star Trek. This is like one of those episodes where 
like I, I would say like even like traditional like Kirk the ones that are like a kind of goofy one off like this is so Star Trek because it is there's just this is way more Guga than even Star Wars could come up with there is there is so much Guga going on time the uh, auras and and threads and blob temp, temp pads and yeah they literally are opening something that looks like a freaking uh com you know yeah. it's it's star trek <laughs> uh who winners and losers who's your big winner of episode two of loki i think i think owen wilson i think he's uh like come on the guy just has it the charisma i i, I think uh i could watch that guy literally read from a phone book he just uh he just does it that's a soft pitch you just made to the studios right there <laughs> owen wilson reads the phone book i'm allowed to now i know but he can't be in it though unless you animate it and then i guess he could probably do it there we go oh i think hey trademark don't steal that yep that's we we said it here so everything we say here goes directly directly into the national archive so that's right. copyrighted that's copyrighted uh yeah i like to say yeah owen wilson too but just for the sake of being different uh, Tom Hiddleston, uh, the fact that this I was thinking about it at one point when he was doing that great scene where he was uh, the interrogation scene where he was pushing Wolf into that kind of like collapsing box that like you knew he wasn't actually going to kill him. You know that he is definitely like this show is pushing him as more of a hero as a villain. But I was thinking about it and I was like, I mean, Tom Hiddleston, for all intents and purposes, just is Loki. Like, you know, he does other work, but, you know, he's been doing unlike other people who have grown tired of doing their roles after 15 years, he's still like cranking it out and he's still finding ways to make the uh, character compelling to honor the character as, as is. But uh, he just is, you know, he's just a really wonderful performer who brings so much life to a character. Like I couldn't imagine playing this character as much as he has and still, find levels to it and still find ways to grow the character it's fascinating and they keep giving him different things to do as well you mean talk about where these this variant split off from his other self that other self goes on to have this huge redemption arc um and as does this variant and maybe even more so than a lot of the other characters we've we uh, you know not redemption necessarily but i think the most change and arcing of any character maybe besides thor yeah no absolutely like he he was he was the villain of the avengers movie and now we are like rooting and having a great time with him eating key lime pie with owen wilson that is yeah. about as big as a shift as you can get he's a time cop now he's a time when does jean-claude put jean-claude van damme in the mcu you cowards jcvd baby speaking of something they also don't put in the mcu our big loser this week as it is every week we've already kind of teased it you are literally in a warehouse by the docks we have we have we are in timelines all over the place there's zero reason why sam wilson's boat sam wilson's family shrimping boat can't be in this show for f's sake i have to say i i disagree with you there is a reason Oh, the, the reason is spite, spite for you yeah, at this spite point for me, yeah. at this spite point for the desires personal. of every fan out there that just mm -hmm. wants another shot at the boat. And Kevin, it's it's clear now, whatever the statement you were trying to make, we're well past its efficacy. Just give us the, the Jean-Claude Van Darn boat. 
Yes, thank you very much. The family show. Jean-Claude Van Darn. Well done, Freddie Airmail. Love it. Um, Yeah, the boat. Just give us the boat. Give us the boat. I'll tell you what, if you even think, I know we're not, we don't have actors, but if we can get writers back, if you even think about riding that boat out of uh, Captain America, Brave New World, shame on you. Okay? Just saying it now. Just putting that energy out there now. God, don't even give them the idea, Kenny. No, no, don't do it. Alex, uh, we have another uh, ad read from our uh, erotic fiction writer. Yeah, uh, master of erotica, Rig Doubleday. He's the he's the modern day uh, Lord Byron, uh, the master of wordplay. He's re- releasing all of his titles again. He's, he breathes new life into the world of romantic and erotic novels on a magic carpet of gorgeous prose with titles like uh, Passion Passion's Flames. We have Breathless Moments is a classic being released. The Kiss of Destiny. Ooh. And uh, Punching Up on It. <laughs> and then uh, what's something you're really going to want to have on the shelf is Totally Doing It in the Car. <laughs> totally Doing It in the Car. Yeah. I love it. Again, I like my romantic novels to be clear and easy. This is a family show. You're right. They're clean and easy, baby. And so to me, Doing it in the car, totally doing it in the car, which is that sequel to totally doing it, I'm assuming. Yeah, totally doing it. And then there's totally doing it in the car. There's a call because yeah, totally I totally doing it in the car. I could I could imagine me on the beach getting through totally doing it and being like, gosh, I hope that story doesn't end. And then to know that it does continue is re- very refreshing. Yeah. Um, Alex, you know what time it is now. I love it. Yes, it's my favorite time. All right, hold on. Give me a second. I didn't have it. Re- All right, you ready? It's game time. Here comes the live game time stinger, baby. I think I started it again. Hold on. Oh, there it is. There it ends. Okay. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, care yeah. who you are. No show out there does all this for you. Yeah. Hands down, bar none. You can't name another one. I won't even read it. There's no show on Twitch that plays a live game time horn section like that. Just it doesn't exist. All right. It's your turn. What what game we playing? Uh, this is a game I like to call Time After Timeline, the Marvel Universe alternate timeline trivia game. Okay, Uh, so I'm going to read you a description of an alternate Marvel timeline, possible alternate Marvel timeline. You will tell me whether or not, yes or no, it was featured in a Marvel property or if I made it up. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start with the so-called MC2 universe with gender swapped versions of Spider-Man and Captain America from the 1990s. Is that real or did I make it up? I'm going to say that's real. That is real. That's correct. The MC2 universe is very, uh, this, uh, uh, Mayday Parker comes out of that and is a long lasting character. Uh, how about the House of M universe where mutants are the dominant class with Magneto as king? Yes, because that's a whole run of comics that they, yeah, House of M. I've read yes. that comic. Yes. The, uh, that is, in fact, an alternate universe. Uh, your third question Earth 82416, where everyone's a Punisher. <laughs> 824. I'm going to say no. No, actually, that is from What If number 729. It's titled What If, oh, hell, I don't know. Everyone's a Punisher. <laughs> uh, so the next the next question, the days, the days of future past universe, a future where Sentinels roam the streets and X-Men such as Beast, Cyclops, Iceman, and Angel have been killed. Um, No. That is actually a universe, Days of Future oh. Past. That's one of the most famous comic book covers of all time uh, and an alternate timeline depicted in x Four. Uh, anyway, uh, the next question: 
Earth-295, where Charles Xavier's death leads to a world ruled by Apocalypse and an X-Men led by Magneto. Didn't you just say that? I'm going to say, yes, that exists. Yes, that's, well, th see, that was Days of Future Past before. This is Age of Apocalypse. Okay. This um, was, that, these were, that was the Oscar Isaacs movie. Uh, yes, yeah, loose adaptation, yes. So your next question, Earth-12-9B, a timeline where Spider-Man has two wieners. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the build-up to that joke fantastic i'm gonna say uh yes yeah you're correct that's from what if number 597 titled what if spider-man ah oh, geez i don't know had two wieners is that anything uh your next question <laughs> the next question uh earth 616 an earth where wasp was a founding avenger Yes, that's the that's the actual uh, timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an, an early yeah, sacred that's the, timeline, the, if you will. The main the main sacred timeline de 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 depends. Remains to be seen whether that's MCU and comics or just comics. So we're going to clear that up. And your last question: Earth twelve oh nine, an Earth where George Washington got bit by an electric president. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Yep. Is what if number eight fifty six, which was titled "What If"? Woof. Wait. Wait. What if George Washington got bit by an electric president? Boom, we're making rent this month. So that was time after timeline, the Marvel Universe alternate timeline quiz. I love it. The writer's room didn't decide to edit the titles at all. They just left them in. That was, it was a wild west back then. Especially is there, is there something there? That killed me. Yeah, those are fantastic. all those were all real. Look, if you look on the internet, Freddie Air, Airmail, you Google all of those issue numbers and you will find that oh, I did BC not make Lion, up any Canada of them. in the house. I love yeah. the BC Lions. I love British the Columbia. BC Lions. That's my favorite football team. The BC Lions already already qualified for the playoffs this year in the CFL. So week 19, we're just coasting, playing today at four o'clock. Uh, my father followed the Alouettes, and I will follow the Alouettes as well. So, oh, those silly birds, those silly French birds, the Alouettes, <laughs> those silly, silly birds. This is the portion of the show that we call Hoopla Recommendations. Yeah, where Hoopla is a lovely app you can get on your phone. We are not sponsored by them in the slightest. We just love it because you can go there, you put in your library card, and you can check out like tons of digital comics. And for someone like myself who collected comics when they were a teenager and then <laughs> up the birds and the lions love it bc lion that's just I, we could just do cfl talk for the rest of the that's fine by me um <laughs> but i collected comics when i was in my teens and then stopped for a while and then to me it's like i don't want to pay the money to buy them i can just read them for free by putting in my library card alex do you got a recommendation for the folks I do, and I, I hate to bring down the the proceedings, but we just lost a titan of the comic books comics books industry, uh, Keith Giffen, who, uh, amongst other characters, created Rocket Raccoon and uh, oh. the Blue Beetle that just debuted in theaters. Jaime Reyes is co-created by Keith Giffen. Uh, I would go back and pick up any of his Justice League or uh, yeah, any title he wrote that included the Justice League. Uh, I I just reread them. I'm sure because they're from the '80s. There's some thematic problems uh just <laughs> but just some of the humor up. some of the humor is piping hot it feels contemporary and you're like this was the mainline justice league title of the, its day the the art is great it's a yeah you're a real a real talent very much worth uh you know his his legion superheroes work is great you can go back and find keith giffen's uh 
work on Hoopla or wherever you find major comics. I love that. Uh, wherever you find your major comics. Um, I'm going to recommend anytime I see anything Brian Michael Bendis on Hoopla, I tend to uh, pick up or read. He's just a he's a wonderful comic writer, wonderful writer. Uh, I'm currently reading his run of the new Avengers colon Illuminati from 2019. Ooh. The Illuminati did show up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, in this comic is the more traditional lineup which only some of whom were in the movie the traditional lineup of the illuminati is professor x uh the submariner reed richards dr strange black bolt and uh iron man basically the idea is what it is the illuminati they're basically all the people who are you know uh in charge of everything um kind of controlling everything you know uh the black bolt is is basically in lieu of putting somebody well professor x is the x-men uh, black bolt is the not the mute the inhumans in the humans yeah, iron the, man, your major factions are all represented by iron man person. is the avengers dr strange is like all the mystical people and they basically just like rule the world so it's uh but it's by michael bendis who's fantastic so that's my recommendation uh speaking of books to recommend we have another ad read from uh uh, what's his name? Rig Rig, Rig Doubleday. Uh, his his collection of fiction, a uh, the master of double entendre, the king of flowery wordplay, and reprints of his titles, classics such as uh, "Jubbin' Her Right in the Old Hams," <laughs> uh, "Beef Blasters Four All Wet," and no. "Beef Blasters Five Totally Doing It." This is the collected the collected reprints of Rig Doubleday, the master of erotica. Is totally doing it. Is 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 Beef Blasters five totally doing it? Does, does that fall in the the TDIU? The totally it's across, universe. It, it's cross. They're crossed over. It's like it's like when they made Batman and Wolverine in the nineties. It's like that. It's a big. It was a big deal when they crossed over. <laughs> oh my god! You broke that. Just broke me. Beef Beef Blasters. Holy cow. Oh my God. All right. A couple more things before we get out of here. <laughs> this is the portion of the show where we asked, what did our dogs think? Alex, what did your dog think of Loki season two, episode two? Well, Millie couldn't remember the actor's name, but he played X five. And she turned to me and during the interrogation scene and she said, both of them, she said, I love how he keeps switching tactics. And then she went, that's a actor thing. You wouldn't get it. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay. So much attitude from Millie. Uh, Mabel again didn't even get up. Did you say holy cow as a deliberate response to that? I didn't, but it, I didn't, but I, I'll say that I did, Freddie Airmail. Holy cow as a response to beef blasters. No, I didn't. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, my dog Mabel, I, I watched this show at like almost 11 o'clock at night, which is very late for me. And uh, she didn't at that point, she is like all like, like dead to the world asleep. So she just was in the bedroom, totally out, did not even bother to move. So, you know, maybe we'll see. I'll watch it next week and maybe a more reasonable hour. Probably not based on my Thursday schedule. So uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be bad when she starts paying attention because she's going to come in like Ahsoka season two, episode three and be like, wait, wait, who's that? And you're going to have to like back up and explain everything. I have to keep pausing it like, no, no, I, if, if, I have to, if I have to keep stopping, we're never going to we're never going to finish this. Did you watch the holiday special? Like I said, you know, one of those. 
Uh, did you watch the holiday special? Did you watch the start? Did you watch the Loki holiday special? <laughs> Alex, besides like directly above you, where can the folks find you? <laughs> uh, find me on threads and Instagram at Duke underscore midnight spelled how it is above. And if you're if you're listening only, that's uh, Duke spelled the normal way underscore and then M-I-D-N-I-T-E Duke midnight. M-I- M-I-D-N-I-T-E, Duke Midnight. You're welcome. You can copyright that and use it. Um, you can find me at, at Abez Above, at Kenny G. Stevenson on uh, TikTok and Twitch. On threads and Instagram, I am uh, Kenny G. Donut King. I'm in the process of fixing that and making it all one world, baby. I am on X technically, but I don't post a lot there anymore. But I am there. And we'll be here every week, Fridays at noon. Friday, uh, nine of three noon PST, three EST. Don't forget to download the new fan controlled sports entertainment app, the new control app. If you have the old one, just open it, it'll tell you to update it. There are all new things to vote on. There is a big announcement, a big announcement, big announcement. (laughs) It's a big one. And and again, the announcement is that I am going to be starting quarterback. Uh, for the 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 beast, yeah, I'm gonna be the beast. Marshawn called me this morning, and he said, <laughs> he said, he said, Doc, you got the call. You're you're coming up to the big show, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to throw a football, and we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> Thanks, BC Lions. You have a super weekend. Have yeah. fun enjoying our Lions playing tonight at four o'clock. Um, yeah, m- noon uh, Eastern, nine PST. Big announcement happening here on this channel. Thanks for watching, everybody. I just remembered I have to play something here, so stand by. (laughs) Good night, everybody.